0: I'm bony, I'm bony, <laughs> leave me alone
1: You're a rich girl, and you're gone too far, cause you're dancing, dancing in the moonlight, everybody will be on the closer time
0: to <laughs> Welcome back to Lyrics for Lunch, the show... That
2: you ought to know. Wait. Wait. Wait.
0: What are we talking about today?
2: Are we talking about you ought to know? <laughs> you guaranteed me that I didn't know this song and we're just talking about Alanis no. Morissette. <laughs>
0: we're not talking about you ought to know, but we are talking about Alanis Morissette.
2: Oh, yeah. The that thing that I d- don't know.
0: That thing that you don't know?
2: Yeah, we like referenced it in an episode and I said I didn't know it
0: this 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 is really this energy is going nowhere high
2: level high level podcasting
0: today we're going to be talking about Alanis Morissette which was an Aviv request Aviv requested that I teach him something about Alanis
2: I did yeah so a a lot of the Alanis like we've gotten some some Alanis mailbag or feedback being like do you ought to know okay it's Dave Coulier
0: yeah, we're not doing that. You ought to know.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like that. See you next week, everyone. But uh, <laughs> there is another song that I'm super unfamiliar with that Lindsay is very familiar with that we're going to talk about today. I yes, and it's, it's called, called
0: "Hands Clean." Hands clean. It's, it's clean. called "Hands Clean." Hands clean.
2: Weirdly, it's about Bob Saget.
0: It could be about Bob Saget. It could. May be. he rest. We're going to be talking about "Hands Clean," which was the lead single from Alanis' sixth album, two thousand two's "Under Rug Swept." the title of which comes from a hands clean lyric. That is, what part of our history is reinvented and under rug swept?
2: What, oh, rug swept is the name of the album. Hands clean, under rug, under swept. rug s- yeah. swept, yes. I actually, right. so. I used to, with my friends, trade secret word mixes. So like you hide the same word has to appear in every song or something like that. And we graduated to secret concept mixes. So it's like every song is conceptually related in some way. And that was one of my favorite secret concepts was songs that say the album title but aren't titled the album title. So like London Calling wouldn't count because the song is called London Calling and the album's called London Calling but you know this would count because it this. says Rugs rug Swept but it's not called Rugs Swept
0: like Jagged Little Pill
2: is that a lyric in a song
0: swallow it down that jagged little pill it feels so good swimming in your stomach
2: and what's, wait what's, until
0: the dust settles <laughs> that song. it's from You Live okay. that song You Live You, you Learn
2: You Live You Learn
0: <laughs> uh yeah i don't know probably called you learn
2: i don't know that's so i'm i'm woefully under i don't know swallow
0: very swallow it down <laughs> the jagged little pill right that's how it goes Speaker concept. That's so it mix. goes <laughs> uh before we get deeper into hands clean let's do some alanis history
2: mm-hmm. dave couillet
0: okay <laughs> alanis morissette was born on june 1st 1974 in ottawa Lots of Canadian women this season already. Yeah, this is a... like <laughs> Sonia, we,
2: we want your love.
0: <laughs> um, she has two brothers. One is a twin who is 12 minutes older than her.
2: Mm. What is his name?
0: Uh, his name is Wade.
2: W- <laughs> Not like Adonis? Adonis and Alanis?
0: No. Okay. Just Wade.
2: Wade. Wade in the water. The, the most Canadian name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, but on the topic of twins, I saw this Instagram post the other day. It was international twin day. And I found out some people that had twins that I didn't know about.
2: Okay. We're going to do Remy a, Malik? a lightning round. Yeah. Rami. So Leanne has, has met Sammy Malik.
0: Oh, hot teacher alert. He
2: is. Yeah. He is a teacher at the, at LAUSD. All
0: right. So it's him, Rami Malik, <laughs> yeah. Scarlett Johansson has a twin twin brother,
2: brother. Oh, Ashton Kutcher knew that one.
0: Didn't know that one. And then the other one was like Selena Gomez or somebody I didn't care about. didn't write it down.
2: Oh, great. Good job. Um, <laughs> weird Ryan Reynolds connection.
0: Oh, was, does Ryan Reynolds have a twin?
2: No, but Ryan Reynolds was married to both Alanis Morissette and Scarlett Johansson. So he... What? He Yeah.
0: How did I not know this? Wait. Which, delightful Ryan Reynolds which, piece of trivia. part of
2: that didn't you know? Either, either thing?
0: That he was married to either of those people. Yeah, yeah,
2: he was married to, I think, both of them. Not at the same time.
0: Fact check this. Yeah, we're gonna... I cannot see Ryan Reynolds and Alanis hanging out.
2: That's the one that I'm actually sure of. So, Ryan Reynolds and Alanis Morissette were together for four (laughs) years. They weren't married. They ended their engagement in 2007. I feel better. And then Scarlett was right after that. In, they got married in 2008 and divorced in 2010.
0: Oh, so all right. Blake, and when did he marry Blake?
2: If Blake Does Blake Lively have a twin? Maybe. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> she does?
2: No, 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 no. Uh, on like whatever, com or, or whatever, it's like Blake Lively and her daughter are twins. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh. No, no,
0: no. Oh, bummer.
2: She is an older anyway, brother, Eric.
0: Okay. Well, Alanis's twin, Wade, Wade, is a Canadian curtain and indie pop rock musician. Curtain? Curtan. Curtan.
2: What is Curtan?
0: You know, it's like spiritual music. What? Come on. <laughs> Google it.
2: <laughs> is it spelled curtain?
0: K-I-R-T-A-N.
2: K I R T A N. K I. A I R T A N Kirtan. Oh, it's like it's like a Sanskrit thing. It's like that kind of spiritual music, like what we would call Eastern, which I don't think what is what
1: we
0: would call cultural appropriation wade.
2: Yeah, Wade. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the next sentence might be like they were born in Kenya.
0: No, they were born in Ottawa and they moved to Germany for a bit, and then they went back to Ottawa.
2: Perfect, and they picked up Sanskrit along the way.
0: Uh, yes. Um, also, according to Wade's Wikipedia, he was a Lululemon ambassador. Of course, he was. Oh no! And he's published works in McLean's magazine and Yoga Journal. Oh
2: shit! <laughs> is this is this a, all like a gotcha for Wade Morissette? The, the, you like? You and Wade you, are buddies.
0: Me and Wade worked together at Yoga Journal. Okay, so no, we didn't.
2: I have like ten thousand questions. Wade, well, Wade just seems like kind of the the Billy Carter of of the Morissette family, where he's just like, D- "Oh, Wade's selling knives again."
0: It does it does sound like that, but when your sister is an international megastar, what yeah. other options do you have?
2: I think not selling Lululemon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wade's drinking the Kool-Aid hard. Sure. I sent you a link to his song. It's called So Alive.
2: Yeah. Wade, Imri, Morissette, yoga teacher, and Kurtan. ay yi Okay.
1: I'm alive.
2: <laughs> oh, I hate this.
0: Oh, doing some sun salutations on the train tracks.
2: I hope he gets it's hit. It's a
0: normal thing to do. I
1: hope he gets hit. Oh, my God. Horrible.
2: I mean, in the video. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Wow, this is fucking horrible. It's real bad. This is... And this is from 2010.
0: It only has close Nine, to 10,000 views. 9,000 <laughs> views. Yeah.
2: 9,700 9, views. Woo. Okay. So that's sure. all.
0: Just... just that in there
2: okay and that's our song of the week so alive by wade (laughs) imri (laughs) morrisette
0: if only uh alana said in the 2021 hbo documentary jagged that she grew up as one of the boys and i guess it was a musical household her dad loved music and film and alana started playing piano at six and started dance lessons at seven in the 80s she auditioned and got a role on the television show you can't do that on television oh no shit yeah, you remember it?
2: Yeah, where you would say s- the the secret word and you get slimed that that show.
0: Yeah, I think it was like if you said I don't know, maybe. I think
2: I think that's right. I definitely remember um, watching it as a kid.
0: Me too. That was kind of like Nickelodeon's seminal show, and that's where mm-hmm. they got their sliming from.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was but, like a Canadian show. I remember this.
0: Yes, it was a Canadian sketch show, and it started in 1979 in Shit. Canada, and then. From 1981 to 1994, it ran on Nickelodeon, and then in 94, it was replaced with all that.
2: I remember all of that, and I remember like, do you remember Wienerville?
0: Oh hell yeah, Mark Wiener.
2: Yeah, I think I feel like Boney. I feel like Wienerville. I'm
0: bony. I'm bony. Came from <laughs> Leave me that alone-y. era too. Yeah, that had slime. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just sent you a little click of Alanis getting slimed.
2: Oh great Alanis doesn't know this this Alanis Morissette getting slimed recorded off of a CRT TV on someone's phone fought from five years after Wade's music video has (laughs) four times the the number of views as Wade's
1: (laughs) 40,000 Alanis you must have a good idea oh that's Alanis (laughs) yeah
2: she's got like a Ferguson haircut she does I don't know. Oh, we're just, a loop. just loop, looping yeah. Atlanta. That's, the loop makes it seem a little creepy. I know. did that on purpose.
0: Uh, okay. I don't know. So she also recorded her first demo, which was called Fate Stay With know. Me. As a kid. Around this time in the late 80s. Yeah. And a second one in August 1989 that was allegedly sent to Geffen Records, but the tape has never been heard because it was stolen in a burglary of the label's headquarters in October 1989.
2: Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay. <laughs> How old is Alanis at this time?
0: Um so she was born what did I say? 1974?
2: Yeah, so 89 yeah. she's like 15. She's like, "Okay, I'm going to start doing a demo." She does the demo. It's like it's like at a record label. Then the record label gets burgled and the yes. and the burglars like probably not like specifically looking for a 15 year old's like tape demo but like why steal the demo like why not just steal like the fucking equipment a
0: lot of tapes got stolen i guess Weird. that's yeah i don't know um so it's lost but we can listen to fate stay with me the the first demo
2: so the first demo is not the one that was stolen
0: no and I think the, f- the second demo was the 1989 one. So when she was 15. So this right. one's even so, earlier. F- so 13,
2: 14. She, ha- she can't be more than 13 years old in this video. Fate, stay with me. This fucking haircut. It Her- says
0: 1987, yeah.
2: Her hair is just incredible. So she's like 13.
0: <laughs> what
1: the fuck? Pop in your head
2: there's so much happening
0: I mean does it slap
2: no I mean <laughs>
0: this is like ABBA how do you say it doesn't slap it sounds exactly like ABBA
2: unfortunately <laughs> the, the reason it doesn't slap is the like the vocals are are bad like it's not entirely her fault it's like the mix on this is is like atrociously bad Alanis is singing in her nose which like she grows out of a little bit but that's like kind of her vibe and the, the vocals are mixed too loud so it's just it sounds like you know karaoke child Abba yeah it sounds like child Abba but like the <laughs> hook is did she write this or is this like a thing that yeah. she
0: I'm pretty sure she wrote this song. I saw on the documentary, she was like, when I was 10, I wrote a song. I just decided I should write a song. Yeah,
2: the writing is good. I think the production value is Words atrocious. and Music, Alanis
0: Morissette. There you go. Published by Captain Tom Music. Produced I, by Lindsay Morgan and Rich Dodson.
2: Well, those, Lindsay Morgan and Rich Dodson are on my list. That the That's the problem. I do like ABBA, though. We're going to do an ABBA episode.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we can get out of this Never. if you're ready. <laughs> oh,
2: wait. Right before the sax solo?
0: Yeah, you're right. That was ill-advised.
2: It's like a synth sax solo. Also, the song is five and a half minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I, I get the vibe. It's just, like, not well-produced.
0: Yeah, so it says copyright 1985 and then 19, published 1987.
2: Yeah, so 85, she is... 11. 11. Oh, shit.
0: All right, so in 1991, she releases her first album, which is called Alanis.
2: Okay, first, first quote unquote real album, because "Fate Stay with Me" didn't <laughs> didn't set the charts on didn't fire. Didn't stay with
0: anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Alanis is with MCA Canada. Okay. It's only released in Canada, but it goes platinum there.
2: In Canada. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: And and this is when Alana starts working with Canadian producer Leslie Howe. The album's first single, Too Hot, went to 20 on the charts. And we're going to watch a little clip of the Too Hot video. I
2: cannot wait. Also, like, okay, so she's, this is 1990,
0: you said? 91.
2: 91. So she's, like, still a child. Yes, I'm not I don't love the premise of a child releasing a song that's like too hot.:
0: Well, hold on to your hat.
2: Oh no. Oh. Oh my God. Wait, no, wait, hold on, wait, wait.
1: <laughs> Talk to me. No.
2: no, wait, no, wait. We have to slow down.. Okay. 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 No, no. No, Lindsay, <laughs> stop it.
0: I know. Tell <laughs> them. Tell them what's happening.
2: I Okay. I, all right. So, she's doing this, like, Paula Abdul thing, and it's got, like, the sample from Straight Up. Bam, <laughs> bam, straight up. Don't tell. But, 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 right? Yeah. And, like, it's, like, black and white. So, for... for what was ABBA in the last track this is like really Paul, like Paul Abdul like crazy but the but the the lyrics can we can we read the lyrics because I think I'm yeah. hearing something that I really don't want to be hearing okay okay so are you gonna read them to me it's just the first four lyrics that's the no it's a lot of them actually so I have to stress, she is 17 maximum in this, in this music video, right?
0: Oh, maximum. maximum. I mean, in the video, she. I'm sorry, in Jagged, the documentary, she talked about filming too hot. I think it was too hot. Maybe. In Paris? Maybe it wasn't this song. Paris? Um, and she was 14 years old. Like 14, kid, 15. 15. Okay.
2: So, okay. So the lyrics are, always too hot, never too cold. You make your best shot too hot to hold. Never too young, never too old. You gotta go for gold. Hey, boy, you want it all or nothing. Lose the apprehension, baby, and go with the flow, because you know you've got to. Stand up if you want the answers. You need to blast them straight up, baby. So say what you mean and mean. (laughs) Say what you mean and you mean to say now. So this is, this is a, the jail.
0: This is Leslie Howe writing with her.
2: Is Leslie a man he or is woman? a man. No. Just straight to jail. He is an older man. Straight to jail. This song is, if this is like Hit Me Baby one more time, right? This is like very much like I'm 17, you want to fuck me so bad, but you can't because you'll go to jail.
0: Or can you?
2: Oh, no. Leslie, No.
0: All right, are we done with this?
2: I I want to be done with this forever.
0: Well, just a couple more hours. And then I hope you're not done with it forever because the moral of the story is don't look away.
2: Sure. I just don't want it to exist. And I know looking away will not make it not exist. But, you know. Okay. Okay,
0: so that's the first single, Too Hot. As I've... Said before, this album goes platinum. Here's a little clip. Now uh-huh. she's gaining some popularity, and she's in high school still. And CBC music, CBC, yeah, CBC music does a little clip uh, of interviewing her and her family. So let's watch it. Yeah. To so th-
2: it says that she's nineteen. She's eighteen in 1991, which is okay.
1: We sort of didn't really hold back. and We went over to, to, to Paris and we did the video. And we sort of we wanted to make it something that people would get on their desk and not just keep it there. They'd look at it and go, hey. You know, so we, we tried our best, and I think all kinds of things combined with, you know, I good song, and, and I guess I was young and stuff.
3: <laughs>
2: nope, nope. <laughs> Alanis nope.
3: wants to graduate from Ottawa's Glebe Collegiate this year so she can devote all her time to performing. She catches up with her pals, Steph and Cindy,
1: at lunch hour. Cindy's a good singer too. She's underestimating herself. She's a <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Are you gonna sing B G or something in the next uh, next album? No. I'm gonna get her in there for sure.
1: <laughs> no. Song of my own. Maybe. Steph's coming on the road with me for sure. Song <laughs> I mean, right. of my own. Baby. <laughs> you get her. Sorry. <laughs> but
3: in the afternoon, Alanis doesn't go back to class. She goes home to study and will soon get a tutor. There's just too much else to do. She has a dance workout to go to and a voice to keep in shape. Her car is her studio and George Michael is her
1: coach. Used to be a baby when you had no money. Now we spend more time in battle than we ever do in bed. Get this fax huh?
3: For now, requests for bookings come in on her father's fax machine at <laughs> work. But then, Alan and Georgia Morissette have been on Alanis' career plans from the beginning.
1: We're really enjoying it, kind of the ride, if you wish, along. And just our basic purpose is to try to make sure that uh, the right people are surrounding Alanis and we're we're in that uh, uh, being able to choose who those people are. Baby, I got the same i something.
3: Janice gets to make most of her own decisions, what she sings, how she looks, just how sexy she wants to be. But there are limits.
1: It's funny that you say that because just this morning I was looking at um, some shots from our recent video and there was some stuff from rolling around on the ground and stuff and my dad's like, I don't like that. <laughs> over the
3: okay. And while she may make lunch for her father, I'm the big gourmet chef. <laughs> that doesn't mean she can win him over on everything.
1: I'm going to uh, Florida for Christmas.
3: <laughs> like her plan to join schoolmates on a trip down south.
1: Is that okay?
0: <laughs> That's all I hear. <over> here,
3: <laughs> we'll see. But just about everything is going the way Alanis wants, she has a blossoming career, marks in the 80s, a happy home life.
1: I'm sure you know there are some people. That that's Leslie Howe. Mm-hmm. Don't want to see me get ahead anymore. I don't know, but the, the close people that I surround myself with, like Steph and Cindy, and my brothers and my family and stuff, like they're—they all want the best, you know, for me. No, I'm—I'm
2: mm, I'm worried. I'm very, very, very worried about the worm turning on this one.
0: It's a wiggly worm. Uh... Um, All right, so right around that time, I guess she opened for Vanilla Ice and she was nominated for three 1992 Juno Awards. Okay. Most Promising Female Vocalist of the Year, which she won, Single of the Year, and Best Dance Recording. And those were both for Too Hot, which we watched.
2: Okay. I mean, it's a good song. I just want an adult woman to sing it.
0: Yeah, me too. In 1992, she releases her second album, which is called Now Is The Time. And just like the Alanis album. It's only released in Canada and it produces three top 40 singles as well. Shit. Uh, now, Wikipedia says that this album completed her two-album deal with MCA Canada, but why would MCA drop an artist that was producing Platinum Records?
2: That's a good question. I mean, it could, could, could have completed the de- the original deal that she signed and then she was free to like renegotiate, but did they drop her?
1: Yes. Yikes. Here's
0: what Alanis wrote in her essay, Jagged Little Pill. I remember getting the news that I was being dropped from MCA records in Canada. There had been much said about my evolving parentheses catapulting question mark out of what I had been known for pop, Mm -hmm. happy, fictional. Certainly, I had snuck some autobiographical shares in some of the lyrics here and there. But my growing desire to write in the no holds barred way that I now dwell in was being discouraged under the guise that no one wants to hear this from you, not in the least of whom is your manager. Oh, I wasn't aware that I was writing my songs and expressing myself to make sure my manager was happy.
2: And is her manager also that guy Leslie or or someone else?
0: I don't know who was her manager at that time. Could have
2: potentially also been one of her parents, right? Because like it seems like they have kind of they the news was like they they've been wondering about her career forever.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if it was her parents though, because um, what was portrayed. In the documentary, and I'm going to reference the documentary quite a bit here, but I also want to say that Alanis was not helping with the documentary, and she participated willingly and was um, a collaborator on it. And then when she saw the first edit, she felt that it was um, edited with a salacious agenda, and she Mm. didn't like how her younger self was portrayed, and so she did not attend the the premiere.
1: Oh,
2: that's so weird.
0: Yeah, so. Just, that's a caveat to keep in mind. Um, but in the documentary, she talks about how it was the pressure to stay sexy, right? It's like the the Britney Spears, the Jessica Simpson, mm-hmm. you know, who really Christina wanted to Aguilera. do gospel. Yeah. But it, they wanted her to stay, stay pop, stay hot. And she wanted to evolve and write more, uh, write yeah. her own music.
2: Honestly, this seems a lot like um, the Meredith Brooks thing that we looked at with mm-hmm. Amory.
0: Yeah. And Alanis is credited with paving the way for people like Meredith Brooks.
2: Right. Even though Meredith uh, was like hustling for
0: way older, a, yeah. yeah.
2: A generation before this.
0: But she was doing like silly pop songs in the 80s too. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so Alanis continues, perhaps my burgeoning sexuality and coming of age were being made evident through the imagery and videos I started to shoot. Nothing wildly gratuitous, but an indication of the sorts of places I wanted to further explore in my art and my music. This pushing for more by wanting to participate in the writing more, in the non-rhyming lyrics, in the full real-time expression of me, was not something anyone seemed to be interested in at the time. Brand changing, and this was before this crass yet effective word was even tossed around, meaning the word brand. Mm. Brand changing was dangerous business, but nothing about evolving publicly and expressing my full life seemed dangerous. In fact, not doing it seemed like certain death to me. So when I was informed I was a free agent, I waited for the despair. For the pain of being dumped, the realization that my current team was not going on this evolution ride with me, and that somehow that meant I was worthless, abandoned, alone. I did and do like very much so many of the people I had been working with and giggling with for a handful of my tender teen years. But this anticipated despair never came. Maybe ten minutes of grief. I quietly made a promise to myself. In my mouse-infested apartment, I promised myself I would not stop until I was in a room with someone whose very interaction with me begged the question, who are you, Alanis? I wasn't going to stop until I listened back to songs I had written and co-written and truly felt this entire record was the perfect snapshot of what was going on for me. All the glee, the chasing of the highs of life, the desperation, the devastation, the rage, the maternal, the tender, the empathy, all of it. Well, as much as you can in one record
2: i I have many feelings about this,
0: okay. let's hear them
2: so she's like talking about kind of two not conflicting things, but two things that are that are doing opposite to her career right She's talking about being authentic and being her angry self and t- talking singing songs the, that she wants to sing, et cetera, et cetera, right she's also talking about embracing her burgeoning sexuality,
0: so this this is something that I noticed when I read interviews from her. And we're going to read more of them and see how she evolves. Mm-hmm. But, like, right after Jagged Little Pill came out, you can see that she's very much still blinded by what she's been taught,
2: yeah, right. So exactly. so 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 the thing I'm getting, which I think is what you're what you're also, saying is like the 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 sexual like someone is whispering in her ear well well they still want you to be a kid they don't want you to be sexy right which is like I don't think her sexiness and her uh, the authenticity of her songwriting are connected necessarily do you know
1: yes
0: I don't think her sexiness and her sexuality or her sexiness and her songwriting are connected. I do think that her music career was wrapped up in her sexuality because the minute that she started working with higher-powered men in the music industry, beginning when she was 14 years old, she was sexualized and had sex with. Right. And so she felt that to be successful... I don't want to speak for her, especially for a victim, but it right. seemed to me from everything I've read that as a child who is manipulated by older men with power, she felt that she had to be engaged in sexual activity and be a sexual being in order to be successful.
2: Right. Uh, okay. Yes. This is this is what I'm also picking up on is like, there seems to be a crossed wire where she's like, I, I want to be as sexy as I want to be. And also somehow that translates into like the authenticity of my songwriting. And I'm not, and like that is the interesting or tragic probably part of that is like where those crossed wires happened because it's like, like why would you associate like, they don't want me to be sexy. I want to be sexy like, like my own.
0: It's like she was fed that information, right? Right.
2: By whom? This is, this is the question is like, who fed her that information? Right could could have been many people
0: um oh right it absolutely was many people and something that's really classy about her is she never names names and as we go on this journey she won't name names and and the public will always try and name names and she's i'm not okay i feel bad that i just said that she's classy because i think that at some point we have to stop protecting our abusers right um it's not
2: it's it is it is classy in that like day class a it would be gauche to uh blah, blah blah to to expose these people who are abusive. um but like, who gives a shit? like be gauche, man. like, like take these people out of power,
0: yes, and she does come into that power later in life. but in in the early days, it's very much this is almost a verbatim quote from her. She was trying to protect her abusers and she was trying to protect her future boyfriends, her future relationships, her career and her career yeah. and and herself. Of course. She really didn't have anyone looking after her after the age of 14.
2: And like, you know, some some girl, like, you know, let's take it to the extreme. Some random girl in Canada gets like murdered by her abuser. No one really cares. And it's only until she has the, um, I don't want to say privilege, but she has the kind of cachet of being the Alanis Morissette that she can start to exert that power she could push back against the people that are trying to exert power over her.
0: Yeah, and even then, it it took a long time. So, the sexual relationships started happening when she was fourteen. Great. Um, she said that like when she was fourteen, it was like kind of um, like oh, you might be too young. Is this okay? But then when it was, she was fifteen. It was like all bets were off. No one cared.
2: Great. Um, r- real quick, I will I will refuse to Google this are the age of consent laws in Canada similar to the, those in the United States?
0: Yes. And okay. I will read them to you later in oh, the words of a very douchey New York Times reporter. Oh, tha-
2: oh thank you. <laughs> Fucking Jeffrey Tubin <laughs> being there for um,
0: me. <laughs> so she moves to LA.
2: Okay. She's okay. So she's like 18.
0: Yeah. About 19 okay. is when she's writing Jagged Little Pill. So she's in She moves to LA. She has no friends there. She doesn't know anyone. She doesn't have a record label. No one wants to talk to her about her music. But she met Glenn Ballard because someone she knew at MCA knew Glenn and said, like, you guys should meet and collaborate. So she meets Glenn and they become fast friends. They start writing together. And Glenn's super blown away by how talented she is. So they start recording in his studio. and. They basically come up with what would become Jagged Little Pill. They start shopping it around to all the major record companies. Ballard had a lot of connections and so he got it in front of everyone and everyone passed. What is
2: Ballard's deal? I'm not not really familiar with him other than that he produced Jagged Little Pill.
0: He did two records with Mm Alanis and then they and then she wrote um, Under Rug Swept and produced it by herself, so but, not with Glenn. But
2: before they, before uh, uh, before he met Alanis, like what was his deal like did he have any you said he like knew people, but like Yeah. What was his deal?
0: It's Glenn was ten years old when he wrote his first song. He was Same a local Alanis. rock band beginning in the fifth grade. So, he went to the University of Mississippi, moved to the West Coast. Oh, he immediately joined Elton John's organization in Los Angeles. Starting out as a lower level assistant, Ballard eventually ended up playing piano for Kiki D.
2: Okay, so he was, like, he was like a studio guy.
0: Yeah, during the 70s and 80s, he composed scores of songs, including What's On Your Mind, a Quincy Jones-produced hit for George Benson, along with many others for various artists.
2: Okay so he's he's he he's was a person hustling. he yeah. was somebody he was but he was already somebody when when he met Alanis
0: yeah and and that's why she got introduced to him like hey this person might be able to help you right and so he does try to help her but no one wants to hear it but then one day they get a call that they have to go take a meeting right away with Gaio Siri who would become manager to Madonna U2 and Red Hot Chili Peppers but My at this time he was a <laughs> At this time, he was a teenager working at Maverick Records, which is Madonna's boutique label. At the time. Yeah. Right. So he started working there when he was 17. Okay. And so when Atlantis met him, he was like 19, 20. They were almost exact same age. Right. And. Um,
2: Perfect timing for. He's like in the in the position to like be able to help her and she can help him by like being his first the first artist that discovery he like breaks. or yeah.
0: quote-unquote discovery yeah. yeah um so let's do this little dramatic reading mm-hmm. i'll be alanis and you can be guy
2: great perfect
0: okay i was in the studio writing all i really want with glenn in my sweatpants and we got a call from ken hertz who was a partner of one of the lawyers i was working with he said you gotta come with me right now meet me at maverick and i said i can't i'm wearing my sweatpants and he said too bad i don't care get in the car so, Glenn and I were laughing, and we just got in the car, and I was like, all right, well, this is zero presentation. I'm not coming in with my stilettos and my special makeup or anything.
2: They both, so this is uh, Gaio Siri. They both walked into my office. I didn't know. If they were a band, actually, I didn't know anything, really. When I saw Glenn, I didn't have background. I didn't know Alanis's background. I didn't know anything about them. The first song that they played to me was the demo of Perfect. Within, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds into the song, I was done. I was already blown away and never heard anything like it. I wanted to sign her. That was really it for me.
0: In the documentary, too, he's like, I didn't know if they were a band. I didn't know if they were like a hippie thing. And I like kind of cracked up at that <laughs> <laughs> like uh Alanis her her image just really went from a hundred to regular. Yeah, it's a
2: crunchy, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so this is the acoustic studio it's version so of perfect time. from
0: 1995 And
1: this this is on Jaguatopoe. If you're flawless you in my
2: 20 seconds don't
0: forget to win first place so that was only 20 seconds interesting
2: 30 seconds so this would be like the point at which he's like I, I must have you I must draw you I don't know man I like don't know if I'm like if it's 1993 or whatever, and I'm at Madonna's boutique record label, and I hear this. I'm not. I don't know if I'm like you're the next big thing, and I'd be wrong. I totally agree. But like
0: I totally agree. I was thinking about that when I was watching the the film because he talks extensively about it, and he was like, I just couldn't. This is the. I heard it. Song, I just yeah. couldn't believe it, and, I, and I'm like, perfect. That sounds yeah, just y- like y-
2: you. Ought to know. I I get.
0: He's, he was saying again. like, okay, it starts off slow and it's be a good girl. And then it's how long before you screw it up. And he was yeah, kind right. of like, like she was playing with edges sure. and taking this song up to extremes and then back down again. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. That's what he said. All right. We're sure. done here. We're done here. <laughs> uh, all right. So then Jagged Little Pill is released with Maverick in
2: 1995. One of and the best selling albums of all time.
0: What do you remember about it?
2: So nineteen ninety-five, I was in fifth, fourth grade, something like that. And no, that can't be right. Second grade? I can't I can't do math.
0: I was in fifth grade in nineteen ninety-five. So, so you were in fourth,
2: fourth. Um, and I remember it being so massive, not just from a like it was everywhere standpoint, but like culturally. Alanis Morissette became like code for this like the 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 kind of euphemistic shorthand for like an angry angry women rockers who are who are seemingly taking over right taking, taking over fr- from the men and you know even as a 10 year old it it was Well, boys don't like that. The boys don't like Alanis (laughs) Morissette. You can't like Alanis Morissette, and you can't like girls who like Alanis Morissette because they're like they have too much personality. They're annoying. They're whatever, right? And so that was like too much. Yeah, so too much. It was it was an interesting like stake in the ground culturally that I don't know if she like she clearly couldn't have intended it, but like this was a this was a such a big wave that she was at the. Crest of acts like totally accidentally is my guess unless they like manufactured this somehow
0: no it wasn't manufactured it was her just her self-expression and
1: right you know every single
0: music critic did say a male music critic called her angry mm -hmm. every headline was like why is alana so pissed off
2: (laughs) well i mean Um, but she is angry right like that's like objectively you know like
0: only some of the songs really it's like you ought to know and but but a couple others but
2: was the was the big
0: the first single yeah so that got played on k-rock and that's kind of how it all took off so um guy O'Siri brought it over to k-rock and they listened to it and they immediately brought it over to the dj and were like oh my god you have to play this so they played you ought to know and the phone started exploding people are requesting it who is that who is that who is that one of the and all-time
2: so, greatest rock and roll songs.
0: And there's a great part in the film where everyone's kind of reflecting on it. Kevin Smith is there and he's saying, you know, in in less of a patriarchal view than you had as a fourth grader, he was like she brought the female experience but something that guys could relate to too. So as yeah. a man, I could hear that and be like, "Oh hell yeah, I feel this way."
2: and and i have to i'm not going to defend like the no you were in fourth grade i, when I, was like, I know <laughs> but there was the, there there i think that especially with like the younger kids it was something we had never heard before right and also yeah. like we were s- still kind of figuring out like who we were or we were just and beginning to figure these out gender who we were. roles
0: that we're and, getting slotted into. Yeah,
2: exactly. And so we were, we were. This was like a cool, a, a litmus test of like, are you a real man? Because if you are, you're or a real boy, right? You're not allowed to like any of this. Yeah. Very, very weird. Have you have you heard the vocals only cut of You Ought to Know? No. It's just Alanis's vocals, and it rips.
0: Should we hear it?
2: Yeah. Do you are are we gonna listen to the regular version? No. Okay. So
0: I told you we're not doing "You Ought to Know." Uh,
2: well, <laughs> we, we got let's take a, a short detour. This is okay. this is Alanis's vocals only for "You Ought to Know," and we got to just make it to the chorus.
1: I want you to know that I'm happy for you.
2: You can hear the like instrumental track that in her headphones.
1: The best for you both. An older version of me. Is she perverted like me? Would she, would go, she go on go? you in a theater? Does she speak eloquently? And would, like would she have effect. your baby? I'm sure but she the a really it's in the song. mother because the love that you gave that we made wasn't able right to make so they're it d- wow. doubling wow. and panning now and In the pre-chorus time you here her name Does she know how you told me it helped me Until you died, till you died But I'm still alive And I'm here To remind you Of the mess you left When you went away It's not fair To deny me Of the cross I bear That you gave to me
2: You, you can hear her
1: you, Peeking you the you seem very well Things Damn. look peaceful Yeah, so that,
2: that, that is like
1: I'm Top 10 rock vocal well. of all time I type shit And like
2: very know. inspired by like The grunge movement that plays with the dynamics Like, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit Which we did an episode on That starts quiet and then gets loud And then gets quiet again And she's just like really... Perfecting it for like a a cross between rock and and pop. She's like pushing the the level, pushing the 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 boundary of what pop is at this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what I had for us to do next was to watch the trailer for Jagged, just because that just kind of sets up without me having to tell you know wh- how influential it was and what the repercussions were in a short little two minute sure. clip. So let's
1: do that.
2: Let's do that.
1: People would say, "Wow, you're so brave. You're so empowered."
2: And this is the thing that she deserves. I right? can't
1: write all these songs. without yeah. obviously having been disempowered, we couldn't get signed. Everybody rejected us. It's too in your face. It's too emotional. I am that right now. And when I'm 34, you won't get a record like that. I'm
0: Was
3: there room for Alanis in rock? No, but you try and ignore the song. You're not gonna write
2: a better song than you ought to know. They put in the cassette tape. Within 30 seconds, everything
1: changed. And it just went nuclear, man. And it was like, it went nuclear. <laughs> Empowerment as a young woman in the 90s singing about it was not good news for the patriarchy. You were just immediately shut down.
3: When you are the only woman in a male-dominated environment, it's very complicated and complex. Her brutal honesty empowered women. It gave you a chance to let out your own feelings.
2: This is a female artist that transcended gender where dudes could be like, I feel the same way.
1: Without even knowing I was doing it, I was carving out my voice. This is dream come true stuff.
0: loved it. I'm sad that she didn't like it, but I yeah. thought it was fantastic. Well, she
2: clearly has like a complicated relationship with like th- pre jagged, like how she was treated, the decisions that she made or w- weren't allowed to wasn't allowed to make. You know, there's a lot going on there.
0: There was, and there was a heavy focus on on her trauma, and I'm sure there was a lot more that was said in filming and in interviews yeah and so i can see how she would feel like i can't imagine what else she told them but but it's so vulnerable when you're finally speaking up about your trauma that nobody listened uh, wanted to hear for 30 years and then you're putting all of all of your maybe like hope into this project that you're working on and then to have it so starkly reflected back to you and to have that be like the main focus
2: is is right i think that that was also part of the like ugh, like wow my my dirty underwear is is out there for everyone to see and like and like even though it would not because she's Alanis landis it wouldn't define her but there's still probably that fear of like i don't want i don't want this to be the rest of my story
0: yeah, of course. And and her her story has never been hers. Right. You know, even even when Jagged Little Pill was skyrocketing, you still had people saying, "Oh, um like I literally read it somewhere that oh, on Jagged Little Pill, she had Dave Navarro on the track and that's why K-Rock played it." And then I watched the documentary with the woman who programs. Listened to it and brought it to the DJ. She said nothing about Dave Navarro.
2: It's it's idiotic because it's like, (laughs) how how much of a stretch do you have to and like listen, it also the other uh, the other side of that is like I wouldn't put it past someone at K Rock to be like, no, I won't play a a record by a woman. And then they're like, well Dave Navarro's on it and they're like, Dave Navarro. Um it's like it's like very, very silly and you know it's part of the culture so much. I like. I remember believing it, right? Sure. As like a kid.
0: And speaking of K-Rock, there's a part where someone from K-Rock in the documentary says, at that time, I wasn't allowed to play two female artists back-to-back. Yep. When I was at WERS in 2011, we weren't allowed to play two female artists back-to-back. You can play as many men as you want in a row, but never a woman transitioning to another woman.
2: So what was the rational i mean like i know what the real rationale is which is like we're sexist but what was the stated reason for that did they ever tell you like why they made you do that
0: people don't like it people don't like female artists as much
2: so there's so there's this thing in in hollywood it's like kind of the the analog in hollywood which is like black doesn't travel right so like 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 movies starring black people don't do well internationally. And, and it's always like, well, we're not racist, but the rest of the world is racist and we care about their money. So we're going to perpetuate the racist thing. And when in reality, that's not even true because wow. there's Just Will Smith bullshit. and Denzel Washington and all these, you know, and, and, uh, the fast and the furious franchise, which is the most multicultural franchise ever. Um, but, but, but everything is an exception, Right. Oh, well, he's not black, he's Denzel. He's not black, he's Will Smith. And Mm -hmm. so they are, like, concern trolling for people that they think are more bigoted than they are, quote-unquote. And yet, every time they're confronted with the, like, uh, evidence that they're wrong, they, they, like, do these mental gymnastics to, like, prove themselves right. And so it's like the same thing with not playing women artists on the radio. It's like, well, people will complain. Will they?
0: No, they won't. (laughs) Let me answer that for you right now.
2: (laughs) Who is like sitting at home with their fucking notepad being like, you played Meredith Brooks and and then Alanis Morissette. I am outraged.
0: (laughs) I'm never listening to the station again. I'm never listening to the
2: station again. (laughs) Boycott
0: yeah it's pretty fucked up and and think about it's just who has a ticket to entry and yeah. and then what do you learn inadvertently just by being a person growing up in that world
2: the the thing that the thing that baffles me and and i'm i I'm sure that I'm wrong is that I cannot imagine a human being doing something like this on purpose. I can't imagine someone being like, well, I'm in power. I don't want women to be in power. So I will put this arbitrary rule that only one woman per hour. And that is my way as someone in power to keep the power for myself. I cannot imagine. Are you s-
0: kidding me? But I can. We can't- have just overturned Roe v. Wade. Right. What but, are you talking so about? I, yes, that's what people think. But
2: I'm sure. I'm that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure that that is what people think. I just like cannot imagine a human being thinking that. Do you know what I mean? Because like, it is so. They're
0: inhumane.
2: It's evil. It's like it's evil. It's it's like it's like cartoonishly laughably evil.
0: Correct, and that is what women have been up against and minorities since the beginning of time.
2: Yeah, and 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 this is like. You know, of course, my, like, wake up, this has, like, been p- part of my privilege, right, is, like, understanding that there is this, like, level of cartoonish evil in the world that I can just choose to not think about if I don't want to.
0: Yes, how nice.
2: It's, it, it's, must
0: it's nice. it must be nice. It must be nice to I'm have a Washington you. on your side.
2: <laughs> it's been a, a real easy ride. <laughs>
0: come on, who am I? I mean, my ride's been pretty easy, too. I think we all have a certain level of privilege and yeah, a certain yeah, yeah. level of doors closed in our faces correct. and and
2: and, and it's but but it's also important to like, for like those of us with privilege of any kind, which is everybody, everybody has some form of privilege, to like understand that you know people have some there's someone out there that has a harder than we do,
0: right, way harder,
2: ridiculous fucking ridiculous
0: (laughs) okay so despite all of the men in the world not all of them we saw quite a (laughs) bit. we saw quite a few men in the crowd but despite most of the men with um penises podiums
2: oh podium
0: hating it (laughs) uh jagged little pill
2: this is the other thing i don't think that they hated it i think that they liked it but they whether they hated it or not they they, they It scared them. And they, and they viewed it as the exception. Right? Oh, well she's she's not like a she's not like another regular woman. She's Alanis. It's like different. So like that's why men like her cuz she's like not really a chick. You're like a chick, but she's Maybe. got brothers.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I mean she Grew up with two brothers. She said that she just always grew up one of the boys. When they asked her in the documentary, like, oh, well, you hired all men in your band. Couldn't you have hired some other women to work with you? And she was like, yes, but not really. I had a complicated relationship with women. I yeah. felt like it was always better to be one of the boys. I mean, and the, I, so many women felt like that. Like, I remember having the moment when I realized, like, I have been groomed to... Yep hit myself against other women. And it's cool to say I like hanging out with guys better than girls, you know? And now it's so many of my female friends and I have reflected on that like our female relationships are the most important relationships in our lives, but for so much of our lives that was robbed from us by the messaging that we have to compete with each other.
2: And for Alanis it's it goes a layer deeper because it's also her like livelihood, right? Like if she puts a a a woman bassist in her band, that might mean she doesn't get booked on a radio yeah. gig or a tour or whatever.
0: That's what she did say. She said there was a very strong mentality of scarcity for women. There was not enough seats at the table. Yeah. <sighs> Makes me so angry. Okay. So, despite all of this, Jagged Little Pill sold more than 16 million copies in the US. It sold 33 million worldwide. It is the second biggest selling album by a female artist. It's behind Shania Twain's Come On Over. Oh, that wow. I would, have, me. I would have guessed what you used them.
2: Yeah, I think the Bodyguard soundtrack is technically not by Whitney Houston. It just, like, features her. Because the Bodyguard oh, soundtrack sold, like, 25 million copies. It's, like, copies. the best selling. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. insane.
0: Barriers to entry, man. All right, so it goes 10 times platinum in the U.S., 12 in Canada, four chart toppers. Do you know what they are? You want to name them?
2: Ironic. hmm One hand in my pocket, which is probably not called that.
0: Hand in my pocket. Hand in
2: my pocket. Uh, you ought to know and um, give me a hint for the last one
0: there's actually two more there was four more
2: oh four more so
0: there's you learn which was the yep i know that swallow it down that jagged little pill sure and head over feet
2: what's which one's that
0: I had no choice but to hear you. You stated your case time and again. <laughs> I thought about it. The dancing is, is it. crucial. So she now that you won me over, movie, you've already won me. over. Yeah, 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 that's head over feet. In spite of me, yeah. And then what's Don't the
2: other one? The with a jagged Little you Pill*. Learn. You learn. Those those two sounds those two songs sound similar enough in my head that I that I mash them together with
0: my singing, especially it's just yeah, so I'm singing yeah. it. <laughs> uh, okay, so she won five Grammys, I guess, in 1996. Jesus, she won Best Female Rock Vocal Performance because it, it couldn't just be Best Rock Vocal; it no, had to be female. Can't. <laughs> but she did win Best Rock Song for "You to Know" and Best Rock Album and Album of the Year.
2: Good for I mean, deserved.
0: And then last year, Jagged Little Pill, the musical, won Best Musical Theater Album. Great. So there.
2: (laughs) So
1: there.
0: But let's get to the song of the day, why don't we? Bless. Between 1998 and 2000, Alanis puts out two more albums, Supposed Former Infatuation Junkie and Alanis Unplugged. We're just going to like kind of gloss over that. Um, Alanis Unplugged
2: is an unplugged album of her greatest hits
0: yeah, and then supposed former infatuation junkie. I was kind of like, damn, this came out right after Jag Little Pill, which I played over and over and over and over again. And you would think I would have been like, yeah. let me get that next one. No. Did not. Did Mm-mm. not know it. Don't know any of the songs Didn't except. Didn't have the same heat. Thank you. Remember that one? Thank you, India.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember that one.
0: So that was the first single from that.
2: Also, she had so many imitators that I don't. <laughs> it like we, it's like the Meredith Brooks problem. Like like there are so many songs that I'm like, was that Alanis or was that someone's yeah. trying to sound like Alanis?
0: Trying to be Alanis. Yeah. That album was critically acclaimed. It debuted at number one on Billboard Top 200 or Billboard 200, and 469 thousand copies were sold in the first week.
2: Shit, and it just didn't didn't have the same staying power for 13 year old Lindsay with,
1: with the youths. Yeah, <laughs> the youths.
2: What's a ute? <laughs>
0: In 2001, she released Under Rug Swept. Finally. Finally. This also debuted at number one on Billboard's 200 chart and it went platinum in Canada and the US? Question,
1: question mark. mark.
0: It sold 1 million copies in the US. That's that means not platinum.
2: That many. No, 1 million oh. is platinum.
0: Okay. Uh, it's just like the other one was like.
2: 16 million.
0: 32 million yeah. or something. <laughs>
2: 33 million
0: worldwide um that was worldwide true 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 true
2: i mean like but like you can't really compare basically anything to the way jagged little pill did numbers it put up like michael jordan numbers (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: so this one does pretty good and the hit single the lead single was hands clean and i guess there was another one so unsexy
2: unfamiliar
0: yeah she won the juno award for producer of the year from this Mm. album all right so under rug swept was her sixth album and when you asked if i would do atlantis i said hands clean question mark and you were like what is that so do we want to find out if you do or do not know it
2: yes i would like to i think that i probably have heard it since i asked you about it let's 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 see let's see also the video for ironic is incredible. I know that we're off of jagged little pill right now but it's one of <laughs> all the... of the
0: alliances in the car just yeah. being quirky. just so good. <laughs> yeah. If it for your
1: maturity, none of this would have happened. If you weren't so wise beyond your years I would have been able to control myself. If it weren't for my attention you wouldn't have been successful and if, if it weren't for me you would never have amounted to very much.
2: So this is like, I wish that she like stuck with the grunge a little bit more. This is like a little tamer than some of the stuff on, which like, of course she said like, oh, I wouldn't be able to do this at 28. Well, she's 28 now and it's like a little bit more tame in terms of production value. I'm literally just talking about like how the music is put together because I think that the lyrics still have a considerable edge. It's just mm-hmm. like not quite as energetic. It's more soft rock. Yeah. Which is like just a personal taste thing. I'm sure that there are plenty of people who like this more because it's a little softer and easier to take. Let's
1: keep this to ourselves and not tell any members love our inner I wish I could tell the world because you're such a pretty thing when you're done up properly. I might want to marry you one day if you've that weight and you keep your firm body. Oh, that, that
0: So, Hands Clean went to 23 on Billboard Hot 100 and okay. number three on Adult Top 40.
2: Adult Top 40, baby.
0: <laughs> it reached number one in Canada and New Zealand. It was the sixth number one hit in Canada, but it was her first number one in New Zealand. Hmm. So, New Zealand's latest one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they just got the internet, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, what is it about?
2: it seems like it's about another relationship ending and the beginning is kind of talking about how the person that she's saying goodbye to is um was maybe like using her like her like his career may not have been very good if it weren't for her is this about her brother is this about wade
0: Yes, Aviv, this is about Wade. Now, let's read the lyrics. Okay. Let's read them. Let's read them. I'm going to have you start.
2: Okay. If it weren't for your maturity, none of this would have happened. If you weren't so wise beyond your, your years, I would have been able to control myself. Oh, no. If it weren't for my attention, you wouldn't have been successful. And if it weren't for me, you wouldn't have amounted to very much. This is someone talking to her
0: yeah fuck. i couldn't wait for you to realize it. god this I know. is i'm gonna fuck i just had the most up. goosebumps when you were reading it and then yes a very deep pit in my stomach
2: yeah so um this is leslie talking to her or someone
0: allegedly allegedly so, right? i think it's she i think it's a like
2: a combination people right, right yeah um are you gonna continue
0: Ooh, this could be messy but you don't seem to mind And ooh, don't go telling everybody and overlook this supposed crime.
2: Oh, God. Supposed is rough, dude. It was a crime. It was a crime. We'll fast forward to a few years later. No one knows except for the both of us. And I've honored your request for silence. And you've washed your hands clean of this.
0: You're essentially an employee. And I like you having to depend on me. You're a kind of protege. And one day you'll say you learned all you know from me. And I know you depend on me like a young thing would to a guardian. I know you sexualize me like a young thing would. And I think I like you.
2: But I I have some thoughts. Ooh, this could get messy, but you don't seem to mind. Dude, don't go telling everybody and overlook this supposed crime. Once again, was a crime.
0: Well, fast forward to a few years later. No one knows except the both of us. I have more than honored your request for silence, and you've washed your hands clean of this.
2: What part of our is reinvented and under rug swept? What part of your memory is selective and tends to forget? What with this distance, seem it seems so obvious.
0: <laughs> I'm just crying. It's okay. Just make sure you don't tell on me, especially to members of your family. We'll best keep this to ourselves and not tell any members of our inner posse. I wish I could tell the world because you're such a pretty thing when you're done up properly. I might want to marry you one day if you watch that weight and you keep your firm body.
2: Great love, love. That was what I call, said was fat shaming in the song the first time. Ooh, this could get messy, and I don't seem to mind. Don't go, don't go telling everybody and overlook this supposed. Why do I have always have to say supposed crime?
0: <laughs> and then it's just the yeah. you know the reprising the, 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 of yeah. fast forwarding and washing Ooh. the hands
2: this song Um, is rough
0: okay so speaking about the fat shaming ever since Alanis was a teenager immediately she was put under extreme pressure to keep her weight down in Jagged she recalled meeting with a producer to work on vocals that's what he told her they were going to do that day and then when she got there he was like no we're not doing vocals we're talking about your weight great And she talked about how one of her male producers would count cheese slices in the fridge in the morning to make sure she didn't eat any.
2: Oh, cool. It's uh, anorexia by proxy.
0: Yeah. She was was only allowed to, whenever they would go out and eat, she could only get black coffee and was not even allowed to have milk.
2: I love um, so this I love led to a life forcing you to have an eating disorder
0: yeah it led to a lifelong eating disorder one that she says she's been in active recovery forever since so this is a song about statutory rape that charted for four months and no one batted an eye
2: wait okay i mean we've okay but we've also discovered that no one listens to lyrics but us <laughs>
0: Um, but the people that do listen to lyrics, I'm going to tell you what they said about this. Okay. Here's how Wikipedia currently classifies the lyrics. <laughs> so the narrative voice of the song alternates. The verses are written from the presumed viewpoint of the other person in a relationship, an older man talking to a younger lover, a younger lover,
2: L- lover is younger doing a lover, lo- doing a lot of work, a there.
0: child that you have groomed and raped,
2: a child bride
0: hands clean explores a past relationship and how its effects linger
2: why could this not have been about wade (laughs) (laughs) why can't wade get a song
0: oh this is gonna get so much worse
2: okay this
0: this is probably the most condescending misogynistic album review i've read from rolling stone in
2: and we've got maybe ever maybe ever we've read some doozies on this show
0: this is john i i don't know pirelli's This is his February 2002 takedown of Alanis. And it's actually just an album review. The Avenging Banshee, who sang You Oughta Know in 1995. Excuse me? Avenging Banshee.
2: Fired. (laughs) Fired. What is this, Rolling Stone?
0: This is Rolling Stone. Fired.
2: This guy's fucking fired. (laughs)
0: The avenging banshee, who sang "You Ought to Know" in 1995, complete with its boast about going down on her ex in a theater, has mellowed on under rug swept. Though she's still, I, I'm sorry, I have to pause. Like the fact that he's fucking slut shaming her in sentence one. This?
2: Do you want me to read this out loud? And you just scream. <laughs> so that, so that
0: we can, I can stop freaking the fuck out. No, I'll stop. Okay,
2: but but also okay. Yes. However that is all like it's not like okay so he's positioning as like wow you boasted about sucking a dick in a theater and now you're like talking about how you didn't want to get raped as a child like oh, what? which is it Alanis like first of all that the context of it in you ought to know is also like you were abusing me
0: right thank you John Pirellis for completely missing the fucking point
2: twice twice in one sentence <laughs>
0: Alright, here we go. Back to John.
2: Which isn't Alanis.
0: Yeah, so the Avenging Banshee has mellowed on Under Rug Swept, though she's still busting taboos. The album title comes from lyrics in its lead single Hands Clean, an apparently matter of fact reminiscence of underage sex with a music business mentor, an affair quote, under rug swept. As if to insist it's autobiographical, the song's video clip shows Morissette being groomed for her early stardom in Canada as a big-haired, teeny pop doll. Verses taking the man's role urge her to overlook this supposed crime. In the chorus, she announces, I have honored your request for silence until now that is how long is that statute of limitations anyway hello i'm looking at you with my eyeballs popping out of my head i
2: i'm 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 trying i'm 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 I'm, I'm a a, having a stroke (laughs) b there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there but yes this might be the worst record review i've ever heard in my entire life so Okay.
0: There's more. Do you want to unpack or do you want to keep going? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. How long is that statute of limitations anyway? That's the part that, that, that haywired my brain. So is he saying that she's coming forward now because he can't be prosecuted and therefore that's a proving that she's making it up? Like, like I don't know if you know this John but if you're abused as a child the child isn't the one that goes to jail
0: I feel like he's mocking her for saying I've honored your request for silence until now she had to open her big fat mouth
2: yeah, yeah until now that is but like
0: how long is that statute of limitations anyway like like he's on the other guy's side
2: I know I know but how but but <laughs> I I I truly don't understand the sentence. How long is that statute of limitations anyway? Like what, what is he trying to say other than he knows what the term statute of limitations means or that there is one when you have sex with a child.
0: I wish I could say that we can't ask John because he's in jail, but that's just not true.
2: (laughs) He should be in jail for bad writing.
0: (laughs) All right. Back to John. Please
2: continue. Back to John. Okay. Friend of the show.
0: (laughs) While she applies her musical skills to songs about love, they don't exactly add up to love songs.
2: Stick to songs about love, you woman.
0: The need, the obstacles, the compassion, the happy ending, this is the structure of self-help books and talk shows, and unfortunately, it seems that Morissette has been consuming them wholesale. Under Rug Swept just about drowns in Psychobabble. While the tone of the songs and the grain of Morissette's voice promise intimacy, there's hardly a private detail anywhere. Oh, except for the part where you were raped as a child.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those private details are bad because I don't like them. They make my pee-pee tingle in the bad way.
0: Any glimmer of lived experience or everyday imagery—the antibiotics in "Thank You," the refrigerator light—and not the doctor. These are references to past mm-hmm. album songs. I got you. Has been rarefied into abstractions with enough clichés for a season of Oprah. Another woman that John fucking hates for breaking down barriers.
2: Um, I mean, okay, sure.
0: Okay, just wait. Just wait. This is, this is the worst, best part.
2: Worst, best part. Here we go. Best, worst part. Cannot wait.
0: Even hands clean holds not a hint of Lolita guilt.
2: John. John. <laughs> this is just, no one's listening. Just, just me and you, buddy. Why don't you have a seat? John, Lol- Lolita guilt. Let's take, let's take a step back on it. The term Lolita has been kind of co-opted. So that, like, because so, so, blaming the, blaming the the rape victim. So we don't want to we don't want to use that term in this context, John. And also guilt. So you're kind of doubling down, John, <laughs> on the on the idea that it's her fault that she, at probably the age of fourteen, was raped by a dude. So like, don't shut up forever, John. Forever. Forever. Lolita guilt. I'm sorry that I had, I grew breasts at puberty and made myself the object of your creepy, perverted attention. Is that the detail that he would like in the song? In a refrigerator light. I'm sorry that I was illuminated by the refrigerator light when I was 14 and in the eighth grade, and and my secondary sex characteristics started to come in, and you, an adult man, decided that I was good enough to have sex with. You're doing great. John.
0: <laughs> so, fuck John. Let's hear what Alanis had to say about this song <laughs> in d- the song. D- does
2: she respond to this review? I, I hope she does.
0: I hope she never fucking read it.
2: I hope so, too.
0: I hope to God
2: that that is horrid
0: so in the track by track commentary that went like you know inside under rug swept she wrote my intention in writing this song was to get to a place where i could be as truthful and as honest as i possibly could be about certain relationships in my past It's definitely not with the intention of seeking any sort of revenge for the person who is at the heart of the song that I'm singing about, but it was in my silencing myself to protect somebody else that I was ultimately completely abandoning myself. And anytime I speak untruths in my life, and oftentimes I feel by not speaking the truth, by being silent, there's an element of an untruth in that. Withholding the truth sometimes can feel just as horrible as a lie. So as I get older, I think I want more and more to introduce the bliss of speaking transparently and truthfully and as honestly as I possibly can, knowing that the truth in this case is my truth only.
2: I mean, that's like not the best written paragraph I've ever read in my entire life. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it goes back to something that we've we've talked about on this show before, which is like as soon as you create something that's so difficult like you put it out into the world it starts to die it's not yours anymore it's like everybody's and so like she for whatever reason john decided to no longer keep the a sliver of this secret and she had to kind of like offset the pain that she was feeling to like just everybody else right everybody else now shares in this burden and i think ultimately that's what like makes this dude so uncomfortable is like well why did you have to go and ruin everybody's fun
1: because
0: he didn't want to see or right.
2: he didn't want to be confronted it. with any of that
0: so back to bad journalism and Great. exactly what we're talking about here i love this just to <laughs> keep the theme going uh, a 2002 times article called The Pop Life, Alanis Morissette Reveals Her Trials as a Teenage Star, opens by describing Hands Clean this way. After some 15 years in the music business, the singer Alanis Morissette worked for the first time without a producer or co-writers on her new album Under Rug Swept. It is appropriate then that on the first single from this artistically liberated album, Hands Clean, Currently in the Billboard Top Forty, Miss Morissette looks back on a relationship with one of her early musical collaborators, who remains unnamed in the song.
2: I think that that is not as bad as John. Let's not as bad. There's a scale, but like is being like purposely dry. Like the dryness of it implies some judgment that like is a, is is kind of weird.
0: It's when you say that Trump's lies are untruths or alternate yeah, exact, facts. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly right. It's like, it's, 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 the, it's the politeness defense.
0: The like euphemism. Right. But, it, but two graphs later, this writer, Neil Strauss, acknowledges it's about, and I quote, statutory rape or sexual exploitation. He writes... Though it has not ignited any noticeable controversy, I mean, thank you for pointing that out, Neil. Though it has not ignited any noticeable controversy or attention, Hands Clean may be one of the most provocative singles on the radio. Some listeners, in fact, are interpreting it as a song about statutory rape or sexual exploitation. Some listeners. Some people say.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm hearing this a lot from people. (laughs) The people who have listened to the song are saying that it's about (laughs) raping a child.
0: Uh, This is quote Alanis in the article, Mm. continuing to read Neil's piece. Neil
2: Alanis through Neil.
0: Yeah. It could be categorized as that, Miss Morissette said, speaking by telephone on Monday. But at the same time, I'm not one to really categorize. I'm the kind of person that will say, a person that I've been spending time with in a romantic way, rather than saying my boyfriend.
2: So she's playing into this euphemism thing, too.
0: Yeah. So, I'll say someone that I was romantically linked to at the time when I was emotionally not necessarily prepared for it, as opposed to qualifying it as like statutory rape.
2: So, I mean, listen, like, I know that, it, and we've kind of talked about her being day class A and like, and like not wanting to be that to become the story and like. W- for whatever so she's doing that here right she's like really not engaging in the idea that like you know this guy's like hey there's this song about you being sexually raped?" and she's like well i wouldn't necessarily say but like they as journalists are like that sounds valid i'm not gonna ask any follow-ups right it's not her fault for not wanting to that to be the story
0: right And there's some level of me even doing this song where I felt like, "Fuck, I don't. If this isn't what Alanis wants to be the story, I don't want to make it that story. But I want this to be a. I want this to. I want people to notice that this is a song about child rape. And it was just out there, charted. that was just out there that nobody fucking said anything about. Even the people that did say some things about it were just very casual.
2: And 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 vague. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that is. Exactly right, where it's like it's also like we have to we have to kind of take it in full context of like there is a specific reason that she didn't want this to be the story, and it's because she was told or got it in her head somehow that like if she rocks the boat, keep your mouth shut yeah, keep your mouth shut, and like you know that's that's extremely not unique to her it's like basically every woman in the entertainment industry or not in the entertainment industry who's like been abused like your life will be ruined if you you know if you if you speak up and
0: and no one will believe you or everyone will say you're dramatic
2: well i think that she, i do believe her i mean whether she's dramatic or not it's like it's re- this thing really happened
0: well neil's going to get cringier and cringier so Cri- back to neil can't wait before Miss Morissette came to dominate rock radio in the mid 90s with her first international hit, the wonderfully vindictive You Ought to Know, oh. she was an Ottawa child actor and teenage pop, teenage dance pop diva, whose first album in 1991 on MCA went platinum in Canada. But at the same time,
2: dance pop diva is not good, dude.
0: But at the same time, like many young women in the music business, she found the advances of those in positions of power over her career hard to resist.
1: Uh
2: Because she was a child. That's why she found them hard to resist. Because an adult man had sex with a child. That was her. (laughs)
0: Who could not legally consent. There is no resistance. It's illegal. She shouldn't have to resist.
2: You don't understand, Lindsay. She couldn't resist the threat of physical violence to her her, her 4'11", 14-year-old self by an adult man. The culpability is really on both sides here, wouldn't you say?
0: Fantastic people on both sides. Yeah. Okay, Alanis. This is Alanis. I just feel like there was this illusion that I had to pick between this complex kind of relationship with older men and younger women in the industry or no music being expressed. This was compounded by the fact that I was in a city that didn't have the hugest artistic community, so I felt like I didn't have very many options. I wasn't ready to move because I was fourteen or fifteen. Then Neil uses parentheses to explain: under Canadian law, sexual contact with those under fourteen is illegal. Such contact with teenagers between fourteen and eighteen is illegal in cases in which a relationship of trust or authority exists. So, if there's no trust or authority, you can just <laughs> fuck a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just is-
2: a random. Okay, so so let's 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 take a step back here for a second. <laughs> thing one the once again this is like journalistic ethics right he's saying and he's writing and he's printing and he's quoting Alanis and they're all saying like well this was a choice right I had to choose between not having a career or like engaging in this relationship with this older man and like the 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 fact that she was Made to quote unquote choose. It wasn't a choice. Clearly, it wasn't a choice. But the fact that she was the choice was put in front of her is the is part of the abuse. Totally right. Like, and the and with the she they don't can't frame legally it like consent.
0: That. There's no legal decision making here.
2: And it is illegal to have sexual contact with someone from the age of fourteen to eighteen if you exert any sort of authority or if they trust you. So the, the I think the implication is like they trust you to like take like be their guardian like it feels like some kind of like legal legalese there but like yeah that you mean no no jail
0: jail jail uh so i just gotta keep reading i almost threw up (laughs) when i was putting this episode together Miss Morissette, who is now 27, added that in retrospect, she has no regrets about the experience because it made her who she is today. She also now realizes that perhaps there was a third option that she didn't see at the (laughs) time, which was simply to go for it and be passionate and express yourself and work with people who have your back.
2: I wonder if the reason that she didn't see it at the time was because she was being abused and was 14.
0: Fred Kroeschel, the general manager of Maverick Records, which releases Miss Morissette's new album on February 26th, said that the label had no qualms about selecting Hands Clean as the album's first single. We didn't take it for any more than it's a beautiful, melodic song, he said. As for the subject matter, he doesn't see it as directly referring to any act that could be constructed as illegal, construed as illegal. I just view it as a relationship with an older man, he said. Since her 1995 album Jagged Little Pill, Miss Morissette has earned a reputation as one of pop's most revealing and direct singers. Often, her songs and videos are so raw, digging deep into private experiences, personal emotions, and psychological remedies that they can be uncomfortable to listen to. It seems surprising that when she has already chronicled so much emotionally turbulent ground, it has taken her more than a decade to get to this issue. Quote Alanis, I've been waiting to face the truth about it, with my own self for a long time, she said. And I believe that there is a distinct difference between privacy and secrecy. For a long time, I lobbed them both into the same category. Then I realized that secrecy is actually to the detriment of my own peace of mind and self, and that I could still sustain my belief in privacy and be authentic and transparent at the same time. It was a pretty revelatory moment, and there's been a liberating force that's come from it. And certainly that song was written for the sake of my own healing and not for the sake of seeking any sort of revenge. I also do know that I have a little ways to go, particularly with that subject. So she's 27 at the time of this interview. She's still trying to be a good girl. She's still trying to protect her... Abuser. Abuser, but also herself, because I have been there. I had a rape that I wrote about for Glamour that I couldn't even admit it to myself for years until when I was in therapy and my therapist said that is rape and I was like that's not no 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 that no and then when you come to realize it and then you realize okay if I even talk about this everyone is gonna say either I don't believe you or that's not really rape or that was your fault what were you doing and talking
2: about it makes it real in a in a in a in a way that. It seems like in in Alanis's situation and maybe in your situation, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like there was like this kind of defense mechanism of like it's easier to kind to kind of not put it in that category because that category has a lot of like other implications to the rest of your whole fucking life.
0: Yeah, and your identity. Yeah, and it, it's not just me. So many of my girlfriends. Of have these exact situations i mean this is like how the patriarchy operates shames women to staying quiet this is how we silence victims how we put brett kavanaugh on the supreme court and we allow trump to hold the highest fucking office at the same time screaming lock her up
2: Mm -hmm. for like for the thing that he himself is extremely guilty of doing
0: where are all the lock her up people right now that oh, is a totally different tangent yeah but i'm like hello okay yeah
2: but I, but I can't. and 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 my frustration with with the situation of of her not being more open and vocal like, like i wish that you were able to be more open and vocal with like what happened to just Be direct to like just call just call it as it lays and be like this is what happened to me this is who did it my frustration that she's not doing that is not with her like i understand that this is like a her fucking business so she can do whatever she wants and b like this is a complicated issue that she probably has a lot of fucking stuff wrapped up in but i just like wish it were easier I wish it I wish it were more public. I wish that every rapist had their name emblazoned in the sky as like this person's a fucking rapist.
0: They would probably like that.
2: Well, something else that they wouldn't like then. <laughs> Carve it into their chests.
0: Well, in 2019, a pregnant and 45 year old Alanis was on the cover of Self magazine. I only mention her age because I'm like, fuck yeah. Great. You know, women are told, like, you're dried up after 35. You can't change your mind. If, you know, she decided to have kids later in life. She went after what she wanted to. She's a beautiful family. She seems happy. I hope she is. Anyway, the writer, Nicole Cliff, but asked her. But did she her, keep
2: it tight is the question.
0: Oh, my God. I hate you.
2: Well, this is, it's it's in the lyrics, right? It's like, we could we could still do this when you're old as long as you don't fucking get fat. Oh, that kind of tight. Yeah. Oh, no. Jesus! Fuck. Gross, Lindsay
0: um okay so the writer nicole cliff asked her what it was like writing hands clean almost exactly 15 years before the larger me too conversation and she said i was just talking about hands clean yesterday and how some people know what that song's about and other people just don't know just singing along and i'm like that's the story of rape basically she said
2: well i'm glad that she got there eventually that she could like just say it you know
0: Yeah. So Cliff said, the writer said that the song when it was charting was a grenade for her. I remember listening to it on loop with my friend Meg while tooling around Kingston, Ontario, when I was home from college for Christmas, hitting all the Tim Hortons we could before her curfew while she smoked cigarettes and I picked at a cruller. It made me rethink all my crushes, my platonic relationships with older men who had occasionally crossed the line and the power of my sexuality as well as its price. It was a grenade for you, Alana said, because you were listening. But it wasn't a grenade for some, and the people who were addressing it at the time, they weren't being very supportive. Still now, women are sort of being supported. It and I were just straight up ignored at best, vilified and shamed and victimized and victim attacked at worst. There were moments where around the Me Too era, people would say, why are people waiting so long to speak up? And I was like, Really? But then also I lovingly reminded a couple of them, oh, but do you remember me saying something fifty year, 15 years ago, right? Word for word about this. Do you remember what happened during that time? So it took her, Alanis, years mm-hmm. to come to full terms with what she'd gone through. Quote, I remember forever. I just kept saying, but I was participating. I was to my therapists, she told Cliff. So she. It was the same thing with me with my therapist. I was like, no, no, I, you know. And so, Alanis felt the same way that she kept telling herself that that she was participating in it. And she said that it the first start what first started to snap her out of that narrative was seeing girls at the age that she had been when it happened, and like having this moment of cognitive dissonance of like, oh, I was no I was hell that, no.
2: I was that age when someone had you know, for, you know forced me to have sex with them
0: so she said in jagged it took me years in therapy to even admit there had been any kind of victimization on my part i would always say i was consenting and then i'd be reminded like hey you were 15 you're not consenting at 15 now i'm like oh yeah they're all pedophiles it's all statutory rape
2: i mean i'm glad that she got there and you know it's sad that she bought into or was forced to buy into the narrative of like, well, um, and, and I think one element that we didn't really discuss, which can't be discounted is like, she's a record label. She like, like regardless of, of the context of the inter of the subject matter of the interviews, like she's on a press tour for her record. And so I'm mm-hmm. sure that there was this kind of like, Hey, Alanis, like, there are certain things you can't say when you're trying to sell this record. And it's probably like I was raped a bunch when I was 15.
0: Yeah. And it's this dichotomy where we think about people with platform as having the privilege, but a lot of times, especially for women and marginalized people, having a platform doesn't necessarily give them more privilege it puts them in more harm's way
2: yeah it always feels like it like like you have more to lose right
0: you have more to lose and like same thing with i mean i've i've i'll just say like i've struggled with Body image and disordered eating as well, and you see like famous skinny people on the TV, and you're constantly comparing yourself to them, and you're like, oh, like they're so lucky, they must be, they're so gorgeous happy. and yeah. skinny, and they must be so happy, and it's like, no, actually, everything's on the line. They can only drink coffee. They're so fucking hungry and abused, and yeah,
2: it's like it's like what they did to Alanis, right? She was like a petite teenage girl, and they're like, mm, but how many slices of cheese have you had?
1: Well, thank God I don't count my cheese slices anymore.
2: (laughs) I mean, and they've they've done that for years. They did that to fucking Judy Garland in the thirties, like Yeah. Um something that that jumped out to me, which I find really interesting, is I I've long wanted to do an episode on Phoebe Bridgers because she has Mm. a similar basically a similar story to this with um her song Motion Sickness.
0: That's Ryan Adams, right?
2: That's about Ryan Adams, yeah. And she's been, I think it was like kind of not super public that it was about Ryan Adams. And then recently she's been like, oh, yeah, that's about Ryan Adams. Um, and and it's like a similar thing where like she was, I think, of legal consenting age, but he was very much older than her, exerted kind of this grooming behavior. Um, and she's like super, po- like, like through the honesty of her music she has become super unbelievably popular being like telling these kind of true stories Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i i didn't see the alanis and phoebe bridgers connection until we were listening to the song
0: well there's two connections here uh both are women in the music industry Mm -hmm. and Alanis told the London Times that almost every woman in the music industry has been assaulted harassed raped it's ubiquitous right. more in music even than film um, and then there was this survey by the music industry research association that found that 67% of female musicians report being victims of sexual harassment so Fuck. if se- 70% reported it of
2: harassment
0: of or assault sexual harassment or assault
2: yikes and that's like double the national average or something
0: of reported assaults or, yeah. or harassments, yeah. What is the national? I know that the national average.
2: I know that the national average for just assaults is like between one quarter and one third of all women.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. one third. I, I have heard that. And so, around.
2: if it's two third, I mean, harassment and assault kind of broadens it a little bit. I'm, I'm guessing, but it, it's that's it's true. Higher than higher than higher than it should be, which is zero.
0: Should be zero. um So and then the Ryan Adams thing. Just the last thing I was gonna say was like the question of who is this about? Because there's tons of speculation on the internet, and it's likely more than one spe- one person, but maybe one person is An a little bit m- more at the forefront. Like I just Mark ass- Wahlberg in that horrible bombing movie,
2: Boston. Oh yeah, but the pa- Patriots Day. Which, I'm. I just assumed it was Leslie
0: so okay so yes so most people say that it's leslie and um there's a lot of speculation on the song facts page Mm -hmm. so sue from ontario says the song hands clean is about canadian musician producer leslie howe he had unlimited access to her and power over her career she was 14 when she started working with him he was 29
2: it just all kind of fits
0: Although she may have been willing and not known any better or more likely was afraid to say no to his advances, she was unable to legally consent to any type of sexual relations with an adult. And then Leon replies, I heard the song was about Ryan Adams. What? (laughs) And then Mark, I mean Max, says, the song is about Leslie Howe. Just more blah, 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 wait. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But
2: (laughs) Ryan Adams is like, One year older than Alanis Morissette. I know. I don't know if he's joking. She's one year older than he is. I don't
0: know if he's just being facetious because of the Phoebe. Because
2: of the Phoebe Bridgers thing? I don't know. That's like like a bad punchline if it is.
0: Wait, I didn't finish Max. So Max said the song is about Leslie Howe, who produced her first two albums in Canada when she was a teenager. He said because she was so mature, he didn't think of her as a child, and thus their romantic relationship. So then Jude writes troubling that you have to put a spin on this to make it sound like she was in some way inviting or deserving of this when actually she was groomed and raped by somebody who should know better but who used his power to manipulate her instead of nurture her
2: yeah i mean i think i think that there's like an element of this that we haven't really touched on which is like that we fetishize young women like it's like Mm -hmm. culturally like you want it You want it as young as possible. You want it to be illegal or not be illegal, but to feel like it's illegal. And like, that's what's good. And like,
1: but
2: this is, this is what we do culturally, right?
1: I know. This is the video
2: that she was in. This is hit me baby one more time. This is, uh, so it's like, that's what jailbait is. That's what jailbait is. Right. And so that's all part of the problem and once again i'm not defending any victims or i'm I'm not defending any perpetrators or blaming any victims but like we are only going to be playing whack-a-mole with these people until we fix the culture at large that is creating these people
0: how do we do that I,
2: i don't know we i think we have to treat the symptoms and the disease at the same time and right now we're like not even treating the symptoms we're like barely we're taking an aspirin for a gunshot wound on the symptoms
0: that's kind of how i feel about the question of like well who is it about it's like it doesn't matter because everyone is guilty of letting this happen i over and over and over again
2: i just kind of wanted the tea of like is it this one person and that might be me hoping for like a single villain which is like not the case in the music industry or any industry Of like these abusive men. The instinct is to blame the one dude. The one dude that's Mm, doing this bad bad egg. egg. The bad egg, right? Harvey Weinstein is a villain. Leslie probably is a villain. And it's much cleaner and safer. And I can sleep better at night if I know that there's this one guy who's acting like this in this context. And it's not the entire industry, the entire world. And so... I mean, you
0: work in a college. Mm-hmm. Do you still work in a college? I do.
2: I, work, I do still work in a college, yes.
0: And don't you see creepy professors? I
2: have seen creepy professors before, yes.
0: Because in my high school, mm-hmm. the teachers and the cops that stood around in the cafeteria were having sex with the girls that went to high yep. school.
2: same with my high school. But those... so okay. And so it's... So it is more comforting to say these are the bad people doing the bad things and they need to be put in jail and once they're put in jail they won't exist anymore and then there will only be good people doing good things and that's it feels nice to think that it's not true though the, our culture is creating these people by what we value what we what we are telling people is okay what we are telling people is sexy and like it you, you're like we're like breaking people's brains both men and women's brains into this into this pattern of abuse that's like killing people and the only way to fix it is to to like hit the reset but like we got to completely reevaluate our priorities or else this is going to keep happening
0: it is going to keep happening and the people in power don't want it to change no so of course
2: not because they like their jailbait and their whatever else and and women in a
0: barefoot and pregnant
2: and, they, and there's other uh, disposable. Yeah. They
0: like them disposable. Anyway, this is just getting so dark. Um, so I will leave you with this quote from Melanis. She said, you know, a lot of people say, why did that woman wait 30 years? And I'm like, fuck off.
2: Thank you. They don't
0: wait 30 years. No one was listening or their livelihood was threatened or their family was threatened. The whole why do women wait thing? Women don't wait. Our culture doesn't listen.
2: Yep. There it is.
0: So what are we going out on today?
2: Uh, You're asking me?
0: (laughs) No, I'm just asking.
2: What are we going out on today?
0: Today, we are going out on Robin Daggers' P.S. I Love You, which is portrayed by Kobe Smutters in How I Met Your Mother. Do
2: you say Robin Daggers?
0: Oh, yeah. So Robin Sparkles.
2: Oh, became Robin Daggers.
0: Yes. I forgot so, about this. In How I Met Your Mother, which was written by two dudes, I just need to get that out there because this is a little stereotypical but directed when we watch by a the woman. song. Uh,
2: Pamela Fryman directed every single episode.
0: Thank God for her. Yeah. Uh,
2: huge huge <laughs> props. I mean, she's like a, a genius. Pa- uh, mad props to Pamela.
0: I love a show, even though it's slightly problematic, but it's like kind of... Um satirical in a way that i give it a Nick pass excuse okay. i guess Good i don't know Good job. Uh, in season two of the show it's revealed that robin was a teen pop star in canada
2: named robin sparkles
0: named robin sparkles her lead single was let's go to the mall
2: and the b-side and was there's s- like the sandcastles made of sand
0: sandcastles made of sand but there was also the very troubling. Two beavers are better than one.
2: Oh, Jesus. I don't with remember. With Alan Thicke
0: in the video. Um, <laughs> and then later, it's season eight that we find out that Robin Sparkles transitioned into Robin Dagger, her got, alter ego's alter ego.
2: James Vanderbeek like, broke up with her, right?
0: No, it was Paul Schaefer.
2: Paul Schaefer, the piano
0: player? Yeah, that's what the PS means. <laughs> Paul Schaefer. Christ. And the song is like well let's just hear it
2: this has 2.2 million views Yo,
1: and Wade's video has 9000
0: well,
2: where can people find us on the internet
0: find us on the internet at lyricsforlunch on instagram and twitter and lyricsforlunch.com
2: for longer and weird stuff shoot us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com let us know if you want us to research a song Um, or a topic or an artist or a Canadian
0: (laughs) or a Canadian exactly Uh, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast tell all of your friends share our Instagram posts yeah do it help us get the word out tune
2: in next week when we do this all over with a new song I think I have a good idea for one but i have oh but I, I we don't know yet i can't
0: it's going to be a surprise i can't
2: stamp it but i have a i have an idea and it's going to be okay. very aggravated for you
0: oh fantastic <laughs>
2: so, so until then i'm Aviv rubenstein
0: i'm lindsay tucker
2: saying you want to know
0: and don't wash your hands clean
2: <laughs> wash your hands listen wash your hands clean in a literal sense but in a figurative yes. sense
0: for at least 20 seconds
2: <laughs> sing happy birthday twice
0: <laughs>
1: I'm PS I love you Why can't you see me? We could be so happy together. Capitalism I love to watch you sleep. So peaceful
0: when you sleep. I'll never move on, then I'll always be you. Every guy that I'm with, I'll be thinking of you. If I get
1: married, he'll always be second to you. He'll always be second to you.